1: And I believe that that's really why you're here Christ died for us History Makers Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater Today we're speaking with Pastor Justin Gardner From Destiny Centre Christian Church in Victoria He's got an amazing testimony to share with us today Welcome to the program, how are you mate?
0: Hi Matt, thanks for having me, I'm doing well
1: Mate, it's good to have you on the program And uh, I've had a few people recommend that I chat to you over the years So I'm finally able to have you on the phone today Mate, your story is a story, you know, in your childhood was one of abuse, violence and rejection. Uh, you started doing and selling drugs at the age of 12 and you are out of school and out of home by the age of 14. It must have been a pretty rough upbringing. Can you give us a bit of a picture of what it was like for you?
0: Yeah, pretty tough. Um, you know, alcoholic father, I um, I lived in a, a rough area in Sunshine in the western suburbs of Melbourne and um, I had five sisters, uh, my mum and dad. Um, split up and um, my mum was left with five sisters and me, but obviously before then a lot of alcohol abuse, he was a gambler and also very violent.
1: Mm, Mate, it must have been a horrific start uh, to your life and I understand that uh, in your uh, life of crime as a younger fella, uh, some of the main characters in the uh, Melbourne Underbelly TV series, some of those main characters were, were your friends, hey?
0: yeah yeah I grew up uh with those guys, and um yeah, a lot of those guys are no longer alive and um yeah and my story turned out that I found Christ and um you know I was really saved by grace mm. so uh yeah it was a it was a different uh upbringing than most people have had, but um you know I've um definitely come out the other side, and God's turned around for good.
1: So I understand at the age of 22, uh, there was a big turnaround. What about before that? Was there ever any God moments or any moments where where you, you know, considered Christianity or or church at an earlier age than that?
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I was brought up uh, to go to church as a kid, um, but you know, I would I would see, I suppose, the hypocr- hypocrisy in in, in um, my father. He would he would wait to receive communion. And he wouldn't even sit with us in church, and I would see him. He would would wait to receive communion, believing that was forgiving all his sins, and then he'd go home and he would abuse us and be violent and, Mm. and do the same things all over again. So as a kid, I would look at that and think there's something wrong, but I still believed in God.
1: Okay, so at the age of 22, you found yourself going to murder someone and you were extremely suicidal. Not long after that, you called out to Christ. Tell us what happened.
0: Yeah, well, <clears throat> just through, you know, that sort of world of, of um, you don't really have any friends and there's lots of lies and lots of betrayal. So I ended up, um, you know, using drugs and different things where I'd really wrecked my mind and, and I'd, I'd taken a bad turn where I um, yeah did end up very suicidal and was going to murder somebody. But my mum my had become a, a Christian and given her life to Jesus. And she invited me to come to a church. Um, which was probably about 25 minutes, half an hour away from where I was. I was desperate, so I did go, but I, I sat in reserve seating and felt very rejected in the church by the people. So I left that night. Um, an old man shook my hand in the car park, and he, and he said he was sorry what happened in there, and I was welcomed back in. But that night I left. I didn't go back in. I was going to commit suicide that night. But instead I, I, I was lying alone in my house, and I called out to God and I asked him to come into my life and, and forgive me. And, uh, and I really felt hope come into my life that night, and I was saved.
1: And tell me, what was the next step you took after that? Did you start getting into church straight away? And you know, how did you feel uh, being a part of church culture?
0: Um, well, well, I'd, I'd really weighed up, I suppose, um, the life that I was living and the life that I'd, I'd given to God. I'd, I'd said that, you know, if He would forgive me, anything He asked me to do, I would do. So that must have been around 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, um, lying alone on floorboards in a house. And then I picked up the phone and I just rang a church, thinking, well, I'd better go to church. And um, long story short, I know it's mad to ring a church that time of the night, thinking there'd be someone there. But that same old man that shook my hand in the car park was a caretaker in the church and he was in the church and he picked up the phone and um, he prayed with me on the phone and um, long story short, he set up a meeting for me to see the pastor the next day and here I am 19 years later, I'm the senior pastor of that same church.
1: Mate, that is an amazing story. Uh, Okay, well before we get to your church, let's just uh, keep tracking along the timeline there. So. You went to the church the next day, gave your heart to the Lord, and after three years of being a born again Christian, you married, and yeah. you're in ministry as a youth pastor. Yeah. Tell us about those three years. Were you, were you studying? Did you do Bible college? What happened then?
0: Yeah. Well, because I, I was out of home so young and uh, I had no education, but I in in the prayer I prayed when I called out for Christ, I said to Him, anything you ask me to do, I'll do it and I started stirring coffees in church and, and just started serving anywhere I could. And I loved it. I just really did. I felt privileged to serve in, in the house of God, but then I felt him put on my heart to go to Bible college. Now I was embarrassed by that because I, I didn't know I would ever be a minister or anything, but I just went because I felt to go, uh, call the Lord to go. And so as I was doing Bible college, a door opened up in, in the church where the pastor saw that I was bringing a lot of people to church that had all sorts of problems. And, and um yeah, it, it led to me becoming a youth pastor. Um, yeah, three three and a half years saved and then I was six six months married.
1: Six months married. So yeah. tell us how you met your wife.
0: Yeah, at church, yeah.
1: Yeah, and what was what did she think of you <laughs> when she first met <laughs> you?
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know if she was – the outwards probably still looked uh, – he hadn't cleaned it up yet. I still was wearing gold chains, and I'd wear a cap and sunglasses to church all the time. Um, but the inward of me was changing, Yeah, and um, I started feeling um, for other people. I started um, you know, working overtime at a warehouse to earn extra money so I could um, buy meals for people and take people out. That sort of no one wanted to spend time with to show my love them because I didn't have the confidence to speak. I had a lot of paranoias and complexes. I couldn't go into shopping centres by myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but I had a, a love for people starting to grow in my heart. So I showed it through generosity. And um, when my wife married me, um, yeah, uh, there, was no, there, was, there was no thought if I would ever be a pastor or a youth pastor. So she didn't marry a pastor. I became one six months later. So I suppose it was too late for her, mate. She was stuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's uh, an incredible story of redemption and uh, God's provision at just the right timing. And uh, so tell me, after having uh, relationships before that, what was it like having a Christian relationship?
0: Well, for me, to tell the truth, I, I did have this conversation with my wife, and um, I remember when we got married, and, and I said to her, having a, a marriage, you know, uh, you know, with God at the head of it, um, there was no guilt. I never felt guilt, and and I knew that he was just happy for us to be together and, um, yeah, there was no guilt that came with it. There was no feelings inside that I was doing anything wrong.
1: Mate, that's amazing. Okay, so let's transition into um, becoming a, uh, a youth director and a youth pastor and speaking yep. at youth outreaches all over the place. Yeah. Uh, how did people respond to your message?
0: Well, I, I think um, I, God just started open doors when people would ask me to come and share my story. Um, so I'd end up in all sorts of denominations. I didn't even know about denominational barriers or anything like that. I I just saw people as Christians. So I'd end up speaking in all sorts of churches um, of all different denominations and just fell in love with the body of Christ. I fell in love with his people. And um, they seemed to really receive my testimony um, and really encourage me to keep
1: speaking. And then what was the transition to becoming a senior pastor after that?
0: Well, um, as I went along, I, I fell in love with youth and I sort of uh, started, um, uh, you know, I took over the youth ministry in the church, but I also started running an outreach youth program in the city um, that opened its doors on a Friday night to kids in a park and sort of got kids in and, and served them and played games with them and fed them and different things. and. Um, then I took on the Victoria state role of the denomination that I'm in, the apostolic movement, where I, um, would, uh, encourage uh, maybe about 70 youth pastors across the, na- uh, across Victoria mm-hmm. and just encourage them. So I found sort of my, my calling really in that it became natural, but my senior pastor who I served, um, he, he saw a position for me to be his associate. And so I crossed over to that. And then as years went on, um, you know, the church grew and he moved on um, to other things and I ended up taking over as a senior minister.
1: Mate, it's an inspirational story and I bet you never thought you'd author a couple of books, hey?
0: Well, not at all, mate. I, 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 my, the hardest thing I used to do before I was a Christian was I, I found it hard to put my unemployment benefit form in once a fortnight before 11 o'clock, you know. I, I was that lazy and unmotivated and... Um, yeah, so I never thought I'd write uh, books. I um, I wrote them with motivation to get my story to my children. I didn't know where full stops or commas went, but I did know my story, so I just wrote the story out, um, fifty thousand words. I did it in a month and um and I sort of am a believer in that if I do what I can do, I believe God will do what I can't do, so all I had to do is find someone to put full stops and the commas in for me.
1: It's it's an inspirational story about uh, you know getting these books together. I, I know what it's like to get a book together, and it's 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 no walk in the park. So tell us about the books that you've you put put out there.
0: Well, the first one, my first book is called Crime Son, and the reason it has that title is it's it's a crime to Christ story. It's a crime to the son of God story, and it's my story um, uh, growing up and also being saved by Jesus. And I wrote it for my sons so that they would know my story because they're only little. So they wouldn't have known. They've only known me as a Christian. And, um, my second book is called Small Change, Big Change. And that is about, um, my financial journey to, you know, to debt, uh, to debt cancellation and finding financial freedom and living a generous life. Just things I've learned over the years. And today I get to give away more money than I used to earn. And I just live a really blessed life that helps other people. And I raise my sons now. Uh, they're only little, but I raise my sons to help do the same things as I do, feed the poor and pay for eye operations for blind people. And we pioneer um, missions works across um, in Kenya and different things. So that was the motivation behind that one. And I've just finished my third book now called Being Inspired," which should be out this year sometime.
1: It's so good to hear uh, the fruit and the testimony of what God's been doing in your life. And you've also planted a church in Kenya and two children's homes in Kenya. <laughs> Uh, how did that all happen?
0: Yeah, well, uh, it was six years ago. I'd just taken over um, being the pastor of this church, and there was, um, you know, some challenges for leadership, and um, we were in the midst of a really tough time. But I always feel when I'm in the midst of tough times, I always reach out and do good, no matter what. I, I have something in my head that says if the enemy's going to hit me, I'm going to help more people. If the enemy's going to come against me, he's only going to he's going to actually push me into good works. So I hopped on a plane with uh, my missions director and went to Kenya looking to pioneer our first kids' home. And since then, um, over six years, we've pioneered three kids' homes. We've taken 75 kids off the street, little babies that we raise now and look after. We bought five acres. We built a school and another three brand-new kids' homes. Then we planted two or more churches.
1: Mate, I just love hearing about how Aussies are making a difference all over the world and you're definitely uh, in that category there. Uh, the other thing I noticed you're into there, uh, you love uh, still a bit of kickboxing, hey?
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I still uh, try and stay fit, and it's something that I was raised in since young, and, and the whole world that I grew up in was a boxing and a kickboxing uh, world. A lot of my friends are you know, fighters, and some of them are world champions, so I stay in that world, and it's still my mission field in a lot of ways. I still speak the same language, and... I don't mind the sport, and uh, but for me, it's just to stay fit and also to connect with people in that world and, and show them Christ.
1: Does it come in handy at church if you have any you know, congregation members that are causing trouble, you know?
0: Well, uh, not <laughs> not as yet, not as yet, but I, I can tell you now with the pressure of the ministry, I've, I've split probably a couple of bags in the gym over the years.
1: <laughs> Taking it out on the bags instead of yeah. the people, I love it, that's good. Uh, now, mate, before we go, I always like to ask uh, the most important question, you know, there might be people listening that have been inspired by your story and are thinking you know if this guy can get his life right with God then I can uh, would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it
0: well for me um, <clears throat> for me the gospel is is just absolute undeserved grace and it's something that you don't have to qualify for because God's yeah. already out there looking he's a gracious God that's out there looking and um, once upon a time I, I felt that I found God, but now I look back, he found me. He found me in my mess, he picked me up, and he, and he made a message out of it. Um, so I believe that Jesus died for me, and he died for the world, that anyone that would put their faith back in him um, will receive forgiveness of sin, and he's the only one that died, rose again, punched a hole in the sky, and made a way to heaven for the next life, but not only that, for a life now to live a life of purpose and a life where you're not alone anymore. A God that doesn't just come upon and be with somebody, but he comes inside somebody and he moves through them and changes them from the inside out. So the gospel is in a nutshell that Jesus died for me and he died for the world and um, he took their place so they don't have to pay for their own sin. He took it and if there was one person on, on, on earth, he would have done it for them. He exchanged accounts, his righteous account for their sin-filled account of mistakes and uh, sin. And he exchanged accounts, took the sin on the cross and uh, he filled their accounts with his righteousness. Um, But it all comes down to someone choosing to receive that wonderful gift of salvation.
1: And mate, you know, a lot of people try and argue about Christianity and about God and everything, but have a look at the testimony of your life. No one can argue with the trans- transforming power of the gospel in your life uh, To see what Christ has done in you And uh, you're an inspirational uh, pastor and an evangelist And it's, it's wonderful to connect with you today uh, If people want to find out more details about Justin Gardner They can go to the website crimesun.com.au Justin, I reckon you're history maker Thanks for joining us
0: Thanks a lot, Matt Thanks for your time
1: Thanks for joining us on History Makers If you'd like to listen to this interview again Just go to historymakers.tv There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email. Info at historymakersradio.com God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers Order your flash drive with 20 of the best HistoryMakers interviews now at HistoryMakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help HistoryMakers radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, HistoryMakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz, and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Bracks, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen, and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv